Today, we are going balls deep into Fantasy Basketball International's ADP data. Which players are going where and where would each of us take them? This is B-Dub filling in for Adam and I'll be joined by the always on point Dr. Ray. Let's play. All right, thanks for joining us today and apologies for my lacklustre intro. I'm definitely not Adam and uh, as much as I would like to be as smooth as him with his delivery, I just am not. Um, as mentioned, we're going to be doing uh, a bit of an overview of uh, FBI's ADP data today. We'll see how many rounds we get through and I'll be joined by um, uh, the always on point Dr. Ray. Here he is. How you doing, mate? Hello. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Um, just uh, cranking out the pods. Um, Adam's off on holiday in Europe. Don't know why he'd be going at this time of year, um, but maybe it's just what fits in with his schedule. I, um, he's going to any. He's going to Indiana, right? He's going to see the Pacers. Oh, he's definitely doing that. But um, he's actually doing two holidays uh, this oh, year. So, so he's first, in Europe first. First, he's in Europe with the family, doing the family thing. I think it's two or three weeks over there. Um, pretty sure he flew into Italy, um, and um, and then he's going to various other – oh, no, flew into Paris, that's right, and then he's going to various other places um, around the joint. Um, and then he gets back, he's home for like three, four days, and then he's off to um, the States and uh, to catch the start of the NBA season, and I believe he's going to a bunch of – sort of a smaller market um, cities like Indiana um, where he's going to be catching NBA games with one of his mates. So lucky boy is uh, taking a couple of months off work. Well, I'm anyway, I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana. So if I was there, I could show Adam, I could show Kingy around the big city of Indianapolis, but uh, I will probably not be there. Although I am going there, um, this weekend for a wedding, but, uh, I, I tell you, uh, my weekend was, was good. Um, uneventful, a lot of college football involved in my weekend, but, uh, I tell you what I was noticing why, why you were pulling ADP data from the stratosphere. I was noticing that the NBA regular season starts, uh, less than a month from today. It's like 28 days or something. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. I can't um, believe it's that close. Yeah, I know. Um, it's actually starting a week later than normally this year. Um, but for some reason, this offseason has felt really short. I uh, don't think it's the drama because it wasn't, even though we do have some interesting storylines, um, it wasn't the sort of drama-packed offseason that we've had in the past. Uh, B-Dub, did you have anything to do with the music in the Balls Deep podcast intro? Yes, I did. Yeah, that was um, that was my um, sort of amateur production um, coming into play. And I so happened to just uh, pick a song that I really liked uh, and mash it into the intro there. Um, definitely has been receiving some good feedback, but 
of all the sort of musical clips that I've used for various things over the years, this is the one that's getting us all sorts of copyright strikes at the moment. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've sort of uh, contacted the artist just to explain, hey, we're not just playing your CD on our podcast. Um, or that's a little bit dated. We're not playing your album uh, on this podcast. It's literally 20 seconds. And also, I own all your albums and I've seen you live three times and I'm a big fan. And everyone keeps asking us, uh, like, where does that music come from? We've got your, your credited in the show notes. We're actually introducing people to your music. Why don't you just let us use it? So yet to hear back from him, but... Uh, well, I have, gonna... uh, I have a story, a quick story. Um, yeah. There's a band over here called Explosions in the Sky. Uh, they're an all-instrumental band. They did all the music for Friday Night Lights, the TV show. They, they, they're in a, they're actually a pretty popular band. I play Fantasy Hoops with Mark Smith, who's in that band. And he and I had dinner the other night when uh, they were here in Atlanta for a show. And there was a friend that he, he uh, my friend was with us. And uh, he goes, Mark goes, have you heard the intro music for the Balls Deep podcast? And she's like, no, I haven't heard it. And he says, you got to listen to this. And he gave her his phone and she put it up to her ear. And she's like, oh, yeah, that's pretty rad. He's like, I love that. So, if nothing else, Explosions in the Sky are big fans of the uh, Balls Deep intro music. Maybe uh, that'll help lessen the legal uh, restraints that you are falling under right now. Yeah, well, let's uh, let's hope you listen to this podcast. But it's um, it's actually uh, an artist called Subtract, which is spelled S B T R K T. And the tune is called Wildfire. And I think it's a mashup with um, another singer called Little Dragon. So um, definitely worth seeking that one out on Spotify and having a listen because it's been, it's been on my rotation for about um, 12 years. <laughs> um, so they, they actually there's no like uh, copyright strike or anything along those lines. So they're perfectly happy for us to um, use the music, but it just means that you can't, um, get any like uh, like ad revenue or anything along those lines. Not that we're pulling in huge bucks from ad revenue at all. It's actually quite the opposite. Um, but it's just sort of nice to have something that's near and dear to your heart as the centrepiece of what you're sort of uh, pushing out to people. Um, introduce people to music that you like sort of peripherally. Um, but I do, I wonder, Doc, how much uh, I'd imagine just based on the bands that you mentioned to Adam in a previous show that hip hop isn't necessarily your number one genre. Uh, no, not really. I mean, in the eight, I was an eighties, eighties hip hop guy, just the, the mainstream, you know, regular old stuff that everybody else knew. I've never been a huge uh, hip hop guy, but I'm, I'm certainly not opposed to it. I've, I've got, Plenty of it on my on my playlist, but uh, do you, you remember know. from the eighties um, and the and the nineties a guy called Cool Keith? Yes. So Cool Keith, he's still he's still around and kicking. We used a Cool Keith um, snip from uh, for Noah's intro, and um, if things don't go well with Mister Subtract, uh, <laughs> it'll be Cool Keith for for Balls Deep. Okay. Um, All right. He's a guy I've actually got a like a relationship with, strangely enough, through 
stuff I used to do with NFT or I'm still doing with NFTs. Um, but yeah, long story short, we might have a bit more of a hip hop vibe moving forward. Um, if, uh, if the good Mr. Subtract won't allow us to keep using his samplers intro, which I really do want to stick with. I, I just like the sound of it. Like the, especially with my headphones on and the computer, like it's just so heavy, bassy. And then this falsetto, it's pretty fun. I, I kind of, I kind of dig it. Uh, dominates. Um, I do have some good um, backups that I've been working on. Uh, one of them may uh, end up substituting in, so I don't have to keep going, jumping through hoops to um, get the pot up on YouTube. But having said all of that, uh, we're here today to talk ADP. about the FBI ADPs. And I think what we'll do is we'll go through round by round um, and we'll do that for the next 45 minutes or so and we'll see how far we get. If we get through um, 14 rounds, great. Uh, I sort of suspect that we might not. Um, so we might end up splitting this into two pods. Um, but um, <clears throat> if we wanted to jump straight into round one, this um, is probably the most pivotal round of your draft, but also potentially the least interesting in terms of um, having a chat. Um, I think what we could do is just pick out a name or two each and have a little bit of a chat about it. So I'll get us um, started. Giannis has been going um, uh, eighth overall with an ADP of 9.09. And this is through 75 um, FBI draft only. So it's a very healthy sample size. And I must say uh, with excellent drafters involved in basically every league. Um, what do you think about Giannis um, going uh, at eight? I know he's gone a lot higher in the past. Um, do you think that's the right area for him this year? Or do you think it's uh, too high or too low? I think he's, he's going to go lower than that. I think his, um, I, I, or at least in in my leagues, I think he's going to go a little lower. Uh, I'm, for one, nervous about his, his knee. It always seems to be, flaring up but he plays through it for the most part it misses a game here or there misses a couple games here and there i'm nervous about his knee though I, I don't like the fact that it always there always seems to be an issue with it um i also cannot stand his free throw shooting so really depends on what kind of league you're talking about uh and how heavily free throws are involved but when free throws are involved heavily, especially if it's like a roto league, um, you can't really you can't really mess with Giannis. Um, if it's a points league and free throws don't matter at all, and you don't care, then obviously, you know, I take him in front of in front of a lot of people. But just depends on what kind of league you're in as to whether or not you're going to uh, draft Giannis. Yeah, I think that's a really great point. Um, you know, you have to obviously know your format. In a points league, for sure, Giannis is going to be much higher than he is going to be in a roto league and head-to-head's kind of in the middle there. Uh, but I really do agree uh, with your point about his knee. And in fact, um, if you didn't raise it, I was certainly going to raise it. And indeed, um, talking with Noah just now on his podcast, um, I, I also brought this up. Uh, we were talking about it in the context of um, Kevin Durant and Gianna sort of comparing those two guys and sort of commenting that, um, you know, Kevin Durant's always injured. And I said, well, Kevin Durant tends to be injured 
uh, on different parts of his body. It's not really a reoccurring injury in the same spot, whereas Giannis's knee seems to be troubling him for multiple seasons now. And my understanding is that it's uh, sort of like a degradation of the, the joint there. So not much you can really do um, outside of rest, but once that sort of cartilage starts to sort of break away, it's very difficult to uh, repair it in a meaningful way. So, yeah, I tend to agree that Giannis is a bit more of an injury risk um, than others. And certainly um, taking Giannis as well tends to trap you into a bit of a points free throw build. As soon as we're done here, I'm going to start a uh, Twitter called Giannis's knee. Yeah. And then, and then uh, uh, just post, post on it. I'll probably make $0 off of that, but that's what I'm doing. Well, you're probably going to have ample um, content to post on that Twitter handle. Um, over I hope not. I hope he plays there. through it. I hope he's Seven good to go. Years. But it just it just makes me nervous. Well, on, on Giannis, since we're talking about him, uh, I believe that he becomes uh, extension eligible um, in the not-too-distant future. And he's recently been on a bit of a media tour um, saying uh, something along the lines of, um, yeah, he's happy to stay in uh, in the Bucks, but, you know, he's not going to make any decision now. Uh, he's going to wait and see what front office does in terms of uh, building around him. We've got Drew Holiday, who's going to be um, entering the last season of his contract, and he's said in the past that this probably is going to be his last season. He's obviously had some issues with uh, with his wife and so on in the past. He's sort of a bit of a retirement risk. You've got... Uh, Brooke Lopez, who's you he's, know, he, uh, he's like fifty-one years old, right, Brooke? Yeah, I was going to say he's he's uh, he's almost as old as me. Um, you can't couldn't see him sticking around for too much longer. Who knows, yeah, Chris? Um, Chris, Chris yeah. one leg Middleton. Yeah, who knows how he's going to be um, this year? So, do you think? Do you think Giannis is a Bucks lifer, or do you reckon he's off to greener pastures? in the next sort of uh, 12 to 24 months? And and will do you think the Bucks would consider trading him? You know, I have no idea. I thought um, I thought Freddie Freeman was an Atlanta Braves lifer, um, but he wasn't. And I, I, it's just hard to tell what what's really going on. Um, you know, we get what we get the information they want us to know, but we don't really we don't really know what's going on. So. Uh, I kind of think, based on everything you and I just said, where we basically just shredded the entire Milwaukee Bucks core with very little empathy, or uh, you know, we were not very nice. Giannis knows that. Like, I don't know, man. I I, I don't know. I think if I was Giannis, I'd be like, well, I'm kind of gonna, I'm gonna go out there and see what else I can, I can get because uh, I've won some MVPs. I want to win. I want to win the win it all. You know, I, I don't know. I just feel like, I mean, everything we talked about, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, I kind of feel like that ship has sailed. Yeah. I reckon they've got, I mean, this season's a bit of a make or break for them. If they have a deep playoff run this season, um, you know, uh, he might sign on the dotted line um, and see what the Bucks can do to rebuild around him. So in that sense, it is an important season for him, and I do expect that he'll be putting his best foot forward, particularly with all the uh, the commentary he's been making this off-season. Not that it's been a lot, but 
um, particularly given his comments, do think that um, the whole organisation will be pushing for a good regular season record. I don't know how the new coach will play into that, um, but I do think that he'll they'll be trying his best. But I would be more inclined to take potentially a Kevin Durant, Lamelo Ball, uh, even a Steph Curry ahead of Giannis. But that's just me. Um, I'll um, I'll uh, actually move on to the next guy, and I'll I'll nominate this guy. It's uh, it's a it's a doc favorite, Luka Doncic. His ADP is three, uh, with an ADP or average uh, draft slot of three point four one over seventy five drafts. I know you love the guy, but feels a little bit high for me. What do you think? I think that's where he's going to go. I mean. I, I think there's there's people that don't like Luca. They don't like the whining to the officials after every single play. They don't like the missed free throws. They don't like the missed games. They just are tired of hearing about Luca, Luca, Luca. I'm not one of those people. I love hearing about Luca, Luca, Luca. I'm I'm all in. The only guy I'll take in front of Luca is is Jokic. Um, and if if I don't get Luca, and I took Luca at number two, I think in in the mock draft, the RotoWire mock draft I did a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I wrote about all this, by the way, in my uh, mock draft column, the first col- basketball column ever posted on the new website Sportstopia.io. Um, me and my some of my RotoWorld brethren are back together at Sportstopia, so. That's happening. I got my my guys column comes out tomorrow. Uh, we got sleepers and bus coming uh, Thursday and Friday. It, it's like happening all at once. It's exciting. It's hot and heavy. And uh, in, uh, as well as as the FBI stuff, people should also check that out. But um, I wrote about this, and I was like, I don't care about the first round, if if I come out of the first round with either Luca, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, or Tyrese Halliburton, I'm happy. If I don't get one of those three guys, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a little bit upset. Like those are my guys. You pretty much need a top five pick, I reckon, maybe a top six pick to secure one of I think of you need a guys. top five. Yeah. But um, back to Luca. I think for me, uh, it did seem that, he did have a bit of a niggling uh, leg injury uh, in the World Cup. Maybe that was just used to um, mask over their sort of um, maybe their performance that probably didn't meet expectations. Uh, but more importantly than that, I think being on a Dallas team where they're pretty thin, mm-hmm. um, that's sort of a bit of a red flag to me. Um they tanked the end of last season to secure the top 10 pick where they took uh, Derek Lively. And actually their pick is also top 10 protected next season. So that sort of troubles me to a degree in the sense that if they're hovering around, you know, 7th, 8th, ninth in the West and Luca, um, oh, and um, it doesn't look like they have a, a, an opportunity to really perform in the playoffs, they could just shut Luca down. And if they did do that again, um, it would come at the worst time for fantasy owners being sort of right in the midst of that playoff area there. So on the same token, um, it also means that there's not necessarily anyone, not that there would be, but 
Saka has to share the ball with anyone other than Kyrie. So you know you're going to get absolutely maximum Luca when he's on the court. Uh, it's just a little bit of uh, opaqueness about what's going to be happening toward the end of the season there and whether the whether Mavs are planning to really push all the chips in. Um, one more point on that is um, I think we're starting to get to the point where the questions are going to start coming more frequently about, well, what's Luca's future? We're not quite there yet, but he's coming up to his uh, next contract extension. I think he's going to be eligible um, either sometime this year or right um, after the year finishes. And if the Mavs don't perform well this year, I think the buzz about Luca moving to another team um, is going to get really intense. So for that reason, I think the Mavs are going to be pretty committed to doing as the best job they possibly can this season, which is probably a plus on the Luca side. Yeah, but they just don't have the tools, man. I mean, we just got done shredding the Milwaukee Bucks um, for what what they have going on there, and then you look at this, the, you look at this Mavs team, and it, it's it's bad. Uh, and, and to your point, I I'm taking Luca. All right, I'm not necessarily telling the rest of the free world to take Luca because. They're not very good. And the Mavericks, the whole tanking issue that you brought up is a huge concern. I mean, look at this starting lineup. Luka, Kyrie, we know that doesn't work, right? That's been proven. Uh, Tim Hardaway, Grant Williams, Dwight Powell. Maybe some Rashawn Holmes thrown in there. A lot of Josh Green. Some Jaden Hardy, you know, sprinkled in. Just not very good. Like, like all these teams have these three studs that they are building around, and the the Mavericks just don't have that. And you know, Jalen Brunson was there; he's gone. Chris Depps was there; he's gone. Like Luca and his dad and his agent and his his posse are not going to put up with this beyond this year. Like something has to change. Yeah, you really do uh, think that they need another uh, star on that team to really be competitive. But briefly, I think Kyrie and Luca didn't really gel that well together. I mean, I was watching games where it was almost like, your turn, my turn, your turn, my turn. There wasn't a lot of offensive collaboration between the two. But with the whole off-season and another whole sort of NBA season to work it out, they're two extremely talented players and, you know, they really could put it together if they have a mind to do so. So I wouldn't completely write that combination off, uh, but I am also can see how it could go wrong in many different ways. A quick question to wrap up the first round. Uh, who do you think finishes with a better regular season record? The Dallas Mavericks or Oklahoma City Thunder? Thunder. I think so, too. I mean, they're, that, dude, they're stacked top to bottom. Mm. Like, like I, I keep I keep wanting to draft Jalen Williams, and maybe we'll talk about his ADP later, but – and people are like, well, why are you taking him, man? He's going to have to fight for the basketball with Chet Holmgren and SGA and, you know, all these – all these studs they've got over there. Like I, I love the thunder. Um, 
I mean, I'm gonna root for Luca and the, and the Mavs because that's what I do. That's my that's my that's my squad. Uh, but I I love what the Thunder have done, and you know they tanked all those years and collected all those draft picks, and now it's like, hey, Josh Giddy, go out there and get it, get your triple double, and let SGA get his forty. 2010 triple double and let, let's let's go run people out of the gym i i think it's gonna be fun i actually uh i grew up going for the charlotte hornets uh and then when they disbanded and um weren't a team in the league anymore i stopped following a team at all and that sort of has persisted through until now uh where i really actually don't have an nba team but i'm edging very close to taking the okc as my my new team after a sort of a 20 year hiatus. Um, let's move into the second round. Um, I actually uh, picked the first two guys from round one. Do you want to pull out a name from round two? Uh, yeah. Another one of my guys. Well, it's actually a Jonas, Jonas guy, but Jonas is my guy. So then I get to use his guy. So Jaron Jackson, Jr. Uh, Memphis ADP of 15.73. He went, in the first round in that mock draft, I keep referencing and talking about um, blocks, steals, threes, great free throw shooter for a big man, uh, numbers all the way across the board, low turnovers, and no John Morant for 25 games. So guess who's going to have the ball in his hands a ton? It's going to be... JJJ and Desmond Bain. Yeah, absolutely. Those two guys are going to eat, uh, particularly for the first third of the season. Interestingly, with Triple J, he was pretty solidly going uh, around pick number 13. Uh, we obviously start these um, draft-only leagues uh, in July, as soon as the playoffs are finished, um, even, even late June, potentially. Um, and he was going around 13, but over the last um, couple of months, he's been sliding. So while his um, ADP um, is his, uh, his 15th overall in the, in the FBI ADP at the moment, while he's at 15, uh, that sort of indicates that he's been going more in that 17, 18, 19 range in recent times because that would balance out his ADP of 13th um, from earlier. So he's definitely sliding down draft boards as opposed to moving up. So while I totally agree with um, what you, uh, with your analysis there, um, I would actually make another comment, which is there are other um, basketball um, ranking sites, um, Basketball Monster in particular I'm thinking of, where once they've completed their projections and published them to the public, um, Triple J is not coming in um, you know, as a first-round player or an early second-round player, they've got him a bit lower, and I think that's colouring the way that people are drafting him. So if you are if you are a JJJ believer, um, you certainly um, can get him in the first half of that second round, but I think if you don't snap him up in the second round, he's, um, he, he's likely to go. Well, we also have to remember that Jonas and I, myself, and, and lots of other analysts from all over the all over the place are going to be are just really now ramping up their NBA content. So, so the hoop hype train really hasn't started left the station yet. Cause I know that a lot of times like 
you know, when when we were the we were the big dogs in fantasy, if if we came out and said something about a guy that was positive, you could see you could see that you could see it. You could see feel the the momentum and the the heat and and people like, oh man, you know, those guys over at that website really like this guy. And you know, some people are probably like, oh, if they like him, I'm gonna get out. I don't I don't want that guy because I don't I don't like those guys. But a lot of people are like, oh, if they're all in on Pokushevsky, well, I better be too. So it, there's gonna be a lot of movement coming up, especially in the next couple of weeks, I think, because I know that the three websites that I'm writing for, which are uh, Rotowire, ESPN, and Sportstopia, like we are really just ramping up our preseason right now. Uh, so, like today, tomorrow, next week is when all the new information is really going to start rolling out. And I have a feeling the ADP stuff is is going to start shifting, possibly at that point. Then again, I could be giving a giving all those websites way too much credit and nobody cares and ADP will stay exactly the same. I don't know. Uh, I don't doubt that ADPs are going to move over the next four weeks. And indeed, like you said, they're going to move at a faster rate than they have been over the past couple of months. And there's definitely going to be guys um, that for one reason or another move up or move down. Um, but I would say that... Um, uh, I guess the drafters in the FBI um, uh, that are participating in these leagues are pretty savvy as a general rule. And um, actually one phenomena that I have noticed is, uh, you know, your Fantrax ADPs, your ESPN and Yahoo ADPs, um, they have sort of, as they've evolved over the last few weeks since they were released, they're more or less coming into line with what we've got here. Uh, as opposed to the other way around. So their rankings absolutely have zero impact on what we're doing. But um, I, I think uh, I think that as more and more experienced fantasy basketball managers get on and start drafting, uh, we'll see more realistic ADPs moving forward. So I will say that's this about, Sorry, I'll say this about Triple J. If I don't get the guys I mentioned, Tyrese Halburn, SGA, or Luke in the first round. I'm picking at the end of the first round. I, I might. I'm probably taking JJJ. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I don't care now. ADP's fifteen. <laughs> that's the guy that we've taken from the top half of the the uh, the second round. Moving into the bottom half of the third round, we've got the likes of Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Michael Bridges, Carl Anthony Towns, Bam, and Kate Cunningham. Which of those guys do you want to talk about next? I was I was hoping you were going to say Mikhail Bridges. Oh, you did say Mikhail Bridges. Yeah, he's coming in uh, ADP of twenty one, uh, and he's actual he's actually eighty. His rank is twenty one, I should say, and his ADP is twenty one point seven seven. So, uh, what do you think is Mikhail's prospects for the twenty twenty three twenty four NBA season? His first full season on the Brooklyn Nets. I just love the fact that he. His whole goal coming into the season is to never miss a game. So in my mind, that that's worth um, a, a, an investment right there because in today's world, everybody misses games. There's no one immune to it for the most part except like two or three guys now. And Bridges is one of those guys. 
And uh, he had a monster season for Brooklyn once he came over from Phoenix last year. He's only 27 years old. He should be in the prime of his life. Like, this should be the greatest season of his career. He only played 27 games for the Nets last year. The other 56 were in Phoenix. But, man, he went from 17 points in Phoenix to 26 in Brooklyn. Um, the rebounds were up. The, uh, the three-pointers were up. Like, he's, he did everything uh, you could ask him to do. Shooting percentages were good. A steal a game. 0.6 blocks for a guy his size. I'm good with that. I, I just love his game. Love the fact he doesn't miss games. Um, very excited about him. Yeah, um, I 100% see all of that. He definitely stepped it up um, when he moved across to Brooklyn. It's a massive jump in points. Um, they really haven't brought in anyone that's going to threaten uh, his role there, uh, as far as I can tell. So I would expect more of the same. Uh, in terms of his Ironman credentials, yes, he's played basically every game since he joined the league. Um, but having said that, um, I don't think anyone's immune to sort of, uh, you know, freak happenstance of playing basketball. Uh, I know that when I was a younger man playing basketball, more or less zero injuries. But as I got older and older, they seemed to happen more and more frequently to the point where felt like every time I got on the court, I was like uh, pinging something or other. So um, I don't think I could... Um, hang my hat uh, on the fact that he's going to uh, roll through the season um, uninjured. And even after um, he did get traded um, across to uh, the Brooklyn Nets, even though he did actually uh, dramatically increase his overall value, um, I've got it here that he ended up uh, being around 37th, um, which is still great, but it's a far cry from being 21st. Do we think that um, if we flick over to totals um, and have a look there and see where he ended up, um, he in totals was, oh, let's have a look here, uh, again, around that um, 37th uh, range. Uh, unless I didn't hit refresh there. Um, nope, still, yeah, around that 37th range. So can he elevate his game even further, maybe push those points up to about 30 um, three threes a game, maybe get back to having a bit more steals and blocks. Uh, quite possible. Uh, but personally, I have been passing on him um, toward the end of that second round or even in the early third round. If he's falling um, to the late third round, I definitely would take him. But it's a little bit rich for my blood where he's going at the moment. Hmm. That's fair. Uh, I, I mean, yes, Freak injuries can happen, but, you know, we can call it science or whatever we want to. The numbers say he, he doesn't miss games, and I'm good with that. I, I mean, I yeah. remember Joe, Joe Johnson never missed games, played for the Hawks back in the day, and uh, he was an Ironman. And then one year he had a horrible injury, and he, he missed, you know, half a season. It was like you, you cannot rely on anyone to not miss games. Um, but I also think that it's sort of like playing craps in Las Vegas. Like there are certain 
numbers on the dice that have better odds of hitting than others. And you play the odds. I'm playing the odds that Mikhail's going to play our game. I'm playing the odds that Mikhail learned a lot last year. I mean, he went from being he went from being a guy who's just just kind of a role player secondary piece glue guy holding things together to being the man. Uh, and he he's going to build on that. I don't think he's going to average 30 points this year, but uh, I, I, I really like him as a second-round pick. Yeah, well, he definitely stepped it up. There's no question there. And uh, will he be in all-star contention next year? I think if the Brooklyn Nets do uh, even sort of well and they're hovering around playoff contention, I think he'll be a prime candidate. Moving into round three, uh, I've got uh, I've got a nomination here. This guy's going uh, 36th overall with an ADP of 35.45. Uh, and I'm just surprised where this guy's going because we're talking about um, Mikhail Bridges. I would actually have this bloke um, going more in that sort of early third um, range, sort of around where Mikhail's going, uh, rather than the late third, and that's Desmond Bain. What do yeah. you think of his prospects for yeah. this season? We obviously mentioned sort of him peripherally when we were talking about JJJ, but for all the reasons you mentioned about JJJ, I think Desmond's going to have a fantastic season. It's the same thing. And it, it, Kingy says bloke a lot as well, and I know blokes in Australian <laughs> words. It's sort of another word for dude. Like if I said this dude is going to blow up, when you say this yeah. bloke is going to go crazy, is that is it the same thing? Yeah, exactly. It's okay. uh, it's right. a male um, uh, descriptor, so you Just, wouldn't you wouldn't call a female a bloke. Okay, all right. Yeah. Well, that bloke uh, is going to ball out, especially for those first twenty five games without Ja Morant. And I don't think it can be understated how big this Ja Morant thing is because he's going to miss twenty five games. He might he may come in out of shape. Um, he's already coming in under a ton of scrutiny. Like, does he have his act together? Has he put away the guns? Um, is he is he going to be a, a great teammate? Even when he was playing every night and putting up monster numbers, his fantasy numbers were not that good, according to places like Basketball Monster, because, you know, you, you do poorly in two categories it'll weigh you down and and hurt your overall ranking which is sort of why i take those with a grain of salt i'm more of a counting numbers guy like let me see the numbers that i can see but but either way desmond bain is going to be really really good this year what what's he entering like his fifth year uh Fourth yeah year? it's around now he's just He's coming into the first year of his um, extension, I believe, or maybe it's the last year of his rookie scale deal. So um, let me see if I can find that out real quick. I mean, it's but yeah, he's he's still very young um, and a lot of upside left, I believe. Yeah, I mean, it's there's tons of upside, there's tons of youth. He he's a guy that's going to play a lot, not miss a lot of games. I I, I am not hesitant to draft uh, Desmond Bain this year. I like it. Yeah, year four for him. Um, and yeah, I'm, at an ADP of 36, if he's still floating around anywhere that I'm picking uh, in round three, um, pretty much take him every every single time. Um, look, I'm going to skip uh, Wemby. Um, I think he's been 
spoken about ad nauseum uh, <laughs> at, on many, many different pods, including this one. Let me choose someone else. Uh, and this guy is going right at the top of round three. And I am totally comfortable taking him there. And that is Larry Markin. And what do you reckon about Larry? I wrote about him in my uh, my guys column that comes out tomorrow. Like last year was not a fluke. I thought it was going to be a fluke because I you start hearing rumblings about Larry Markin and for uh, Euro. What's it called? Euro. Euro. You're like, uh, you mean the the World Fever World Cup? No, like last last summer. Euro, oh, like, Euro basket. Eurobasket, yes. Yeah. So you start hearing rumblings like, oh, Larry Markkinen is going off in Eurobasket and he's just going bonkers. He may break out in the NBA this year. And I was like, well, if he was going to break out in the NBA, it would have happened three years ago. Like, we've seen this movie before and I don't like the way it ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then training camp got here. And I was like, oh, Larry Markinen's balling out in training camp and then preseason out here. Larry Markinen was tearing up training camp. And then the, you know, the hype train started building. People were writing about him. People were talking about him on podcasts and it still didn't seem real. And then at the, by the end of the season, it was like, man, Larry Markinen just had an incredible year. I'm, I don't think it was a fluke. I think he finally put it all together. I'm, I'm all in. And yeah, I know look, John Collins is there. I know Walker Kessler's there. I don't care. It's been sort of against my better judgment because I like to have a little bit more than one season, a one-season breakout to go on, usually before I fully trust a guy. Um, but I have been I have been quite comfortable taking Larry um, in that early third round. He's getting you points, um, getting you some boards. He's got great percentages, shooting a few threes. And I just don't see any threat to him on that jazz team in terms of someone to come up and take away his minutes. So me too. I'm totally cool with Larry um, at the beginning of that third round or anywhere afterwards. So moving into the fourth round, this might be the last one we get to. We'll see how we go for time. We've probably got about 10 minutes left. But um, anyone... We're not moving very quick. We're not moving very quickly, are we? (laughs) Nah, but I mean, what's the rush? We can uh, (laughs) we can come back next week and go through the ensuing round. So, um, anyone in round four there that um, jumps off the page at you as someone worth um, having a having a quick chat about? Uh, Let's see. Twelve times three is thirty six. So any any time after thirty six is what I'm looking at. Yeah, thirty seven through forty eight. So. So another one of my guys that I have had issues with this year and people are like, man, you're crazy. Is I, I, I'm kind of still really high on Chet Holmgren. And I don't know. I, I feel like he's, I feel like some leagues he could go in the second or third round and other leagues, he's going to go in like the sixth or seventh like, I feel like he's one of those guys where nobody really knows what to do. There's some people who think he's just going to be a monster. There's other people who are like, this is like a seven-foot-tall man coming off a major foot injury. We've seen Yao Ming. We've seen Zedrinus Agoskis. We know that that never ends well. We've seen Greg Oden, et cetera. Um, but I just feel like, I feel like Chet is sort of like um, – 
I'm not a big Avengers guy, B-Dub, but I've seen the movies. I know that there's like five Infinity Stones and and what's his face? Thanos, the the big bad dude, needs like one last stone to put in his ring before he can take out half of humanity. That's Chet Holmgren to the OKC Thunder. Like, he's the last stone. Like, they put him in there. And if he does what he is capable of doing, what he, we saw him do a little bit in Summer League, like, the sky's the limit. I'm super psyched about Chet Holmgren, especially if you're in, like, a, a two-center league and you can get Wemby and Holmgren. Like, if nothing else, you're going to be entertained watching League Pass. Oh, that's for sure. I mean, uh, from my perspective, I think the things I can comment on, on Chet are uh, he was actually going a bit higher than this um, um, straight off the bat, um, say, in August, um, more in that sort of mid-30s range, and he's been creeping down a little bit. His current ADP is 41.92, um, so it's probably half a round lower than where he was going initially. Um, but he's actually going right next to Nikola Vucevic, who is uh, 42.04, so more or less exactly the same. And I, I, thought say, I, thought you, I thought you were going to say he's 42.04 years old. Uh, yeah, well, that would be almost bang on as well. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, put Chet next to Nikola. Chet's on the upswing, even though he hasn't played a game in the NBA yet. Uh, Nikola more on the del- downswing, even though he's more of a more established in the NBA. But I too would share your belief in uh, in Chet and that he's going to be impactful, mostly because we know he's going to get a good run um, with with the OKC. His injury last season was a freak injury. Uh, it's the same thing that happened to Ben Simmons before his rookie season. Um, ben Simmons managed to bounce back from that um, just fine. Um, well, I don't think he's for, for, his, for a um, responsible for his yeah his current woes um that's more of a potentially a mental thing i don't know maybe he could shoot threes before he hurt his foot i don't know um <laughs> although ben simmons does come from my hometown uh, melbourne australia and went to school very close to where i live um <clears throat> but yeah i would feel more comfortable taking chet there i think it's just more of an upside play um pairing victor and chet together that would definitely be fun not something i would do on any of my teams <laughs> i think Two rookie centers. Uh, there's probably a greater than normal chance that one of them won't pan out for this particular season, even though I do believe in both of them long term. So I'd probably steer clear of that combo. Um, but Chet in the in the fourth round, I think, is 100% totally fine. Um, all right, so let's go one more player here before we uh, before we wrap this up. Um, I'm going to ask you, what do you think about Jordan Poole, who's currently ranked 46.99? And would you take him ahead of DeMar DeRozan, uh, who's one spot behind him, uh, (sighs) 48.68? I'm still trying to figure out if Jordan Poole is a good fantasy basketball player or a bad fantasy basketball player. I, I can't really... It's like peanut oil and corn oil. If I just drink them straight out of the bottle, I can't really, I can't, I can't tell what's going on. But uh, how many times have you done that? Never. I stole that off of uh, Chris Elliott on David Letterman. But uh, they brought, they brought Chris Elliott out and Dave is like, hey, 
what are you doing? He's like, I'm going to do an experiment to tell you all what the difference is between corn oil and peanut oil. So he opens the bottle and he just chugs out of both both bottles. And after he's done, he's like trying not to throw up. And he, he goes, Dave, I, I can't tell a difference. And it was it was hilarious. Oh, it shaped my youth. It's where I get my stupid sense of humor from. But Jordan Poole, um, you know, I was I'm a big Trey uh, Tyus Jones fan. And Tyus Jones is going to be the point guard in Washington now. And I wrote, if Tyus Jones can rip the ball out of Jordan Poole's hands long enough to pass it to someone else, uh, we could be onto something there. So Jordan Poole is going to gun. Jordan Poole may lead the league in scoring. Jordan Poole is going to shoot threes, which DeMar DeRozan is not. That's why I'm taking Jordan Poole over DeMar DeRozan. But I still, I still don't know if if I want Jordan Poole on my team or not, I, I don't know. Well, uh, as far as uh, Jordan Poole goes, um, he was another one of these um, guys that had a completely different ADP uh, before rankings um, from popular websites started to emerge. So he was a squarely fifth round guy, sort of going anywhere in that 50 to 60 range, sometimes a bit later, sometimes slightly earlier which is way higher than he's sort of gone uh, in previous seasons, although he did have that one season um, straight after the good playoffs performance when Golden State won, where he was getting drafted sort of high, but not quite so high. So people had factored in, you know, at that point even, um, that he was going to the Wizards, he's going to get a lot of the ball, um, he was going to score a lot. Um but since those ranking sites and whatever have got out, they've got him, like, unbelievably high, I think, like, you know, a third-round player. Um, so <clears throat> this ADP sort of reflective of both of those two things. I think the community judgment where he's sort of about 60, ranked about 60, and then sort of the analyst uh, judgment that he's sort of in that in that 30 range, he's sort of bang in the middle now um, at, at around 47. Um, so... You know, not knowing what to do with him, I think that's sort of right. But the things that I can say is, one, definitely ex expecting him to score a lot of points. I think 30-plus points a game is definitely on the cards. How's he going to – what else is he going to add to that? So, you know, maybe he's going to improve his steal rate a little bit. Uh, he's not one for blocks. Um his free throw percentage is absolutely elite. I think he's uh, he could be the leading free throw percentage contributor in the league as well. So there you've got at least two categories, free throw percentage and points, where he's going to be really elite. Uh, but then on the flip side of that, you've got two categories where he's, uh, he's, he's going to be the opposite of elite. One is field goal percentage, where I think if you're taking Jordan Poole, you better have a plan on how you're going to deal with your field goal percentage or be punting it. Um, and then turnovers as well. I think he's going to turn the ball over a lot. So me personally, don't care about turnovers, never have, don't factor them in whatsoever. Um, <laughs> so I wouldn't be realistically taking that on board. Uh, but I do think that he is more likely than not to outperform this ADP. And that's just because I don't see any of the other players on the team uh, as a threat to really, um, you know, be the alpha over him. Um, you've obviously got, um, uh, what's his name, um, ex-Laker. I don't know why I'm having a mental blank on his name at the moment. Oh, Kyle Kuzma. You've got Kyle Kuzma there who's going to take a lot of shots as well. 
but I don't think that he is going to surpass Poole as a man uh, in Washington. And as long as he can stay healthy, I do think he outperforms uh, 47. And if you're in a position to uh, absorb or punt free, um, field goal percentage, I think he's a great pick there. Well, and Denny Avdija, I mean, Daniel Gafford, this Washington team, B-Dub, is going to be horrible. Like, it's going to be yeah. really bad. And this reminds me of when I was a young kid growing up, uh, George Gervin played for the San Antonio Spurs and was by far the best player on a horrible team. And he just made all-star team after all-star team, had the finger roll, had the cool Iceman poster, became one of the faces of the league and one of everyone's favorite cool players. Like Jordan Poole is in that similar position because they're going to be really bad. Uh, so we'll see. I, I I don't know if I'm drafting Jordan Poole. I'll, I'll tell you what, if, I, if it comes down to a coin toss between Jordan Poole and uh, a guy like Zion Williamson, whose ADP is in that ballpark, I'm taking Jordan Poole all day. Uh, but yeah. if it comes down to like – Shangoon or Giddy or somebody like that, then, then I'm going to have to process and think about it. Well, we'll get into the Zions and the, the Giddies and the Shangoons of the world in the next episode because I think we're right on our time here. We've managed to get through four rounds. Um, uh, spoiler alert, uh, Zion ADP is 49.35, <laughs> so uh, he's only two slots behind Jordan Poole. Um, but Doc, thank you for joining me today uh, at my attempt to fill in for Adam. Hopefully, uh, it wasn't too grating for those listening. Um, do you want to? I know you've mentioned it a few times already in the pod, but do you want to just quickly shout out those few things? Um, well, those many things that you've got on the, on the go at the moment. <laughs> I'll just, I'll I'll just shout out the main, the main one. Everybody's favorite column of mine that I write, or at least from feedback on Twitter, people like my my guys column and. Uh, that is hitting sportstopia.io on Wednesday. So probably right around the time you're posting this or maybe the next morning. But uh, that's the big thing. I, I did a mock draft. I'm writing for Roto World, ESPN, football and basketball for ESPN. And then uh, the RotoWire stuff, a couple columns, Sportstopia, lots of stuff, potting five days a week. So I, I went from being retired for the last year and not having anything to do uh, to being absolutely swamped. Which well, awesome. I, for one, am looking forward to reading and listening to all of that. And as I told you before we started, uh, I have been doing so for years. So <laughs> without further ado, uh, thanks, Doc, for coming on today. I'll see you again here this time next week. And for everyone out there, follow us uh, on Twitter, Subscribe to us on YouTube. Jump in our Discord server. The link's in my bio at Hidden Upside. Uh, or you can get it from our website, www.fbibasketball.com. Thanks for playing. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.